Hello, Minnesota boxing fans, and welcome to another episode of the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. I'm Brian Johnson, and my co-host is Sean Strauss. World Championships are on the line this Saturday night, June 4th, at the Armory in Minneapolis. In the co-main event of the Showtime televised card, Minnesota's adopted hometown hero, David Morrell Jr., defends his WBA super middleweight title against tough challenger Calvin Henderson of Fort Worth, Texas. Morrell hopes to move up the ranks and stay in line for a possible mega fight in the stacked 168-pound division. In the main event, expect fireworks as unified world super bantamweight champion Stephen Fulton Jr. of Philadelphia defends his titles against former champion Daniel Roman of Los Angeles. In this episode, we'll hear from all four fighters in the main bouts. PBC's Ray Flores, hosting the main press conference, kicks things off. What's more, the Minnesota Fight Night podcast offers one-on-one interviews with Morel, Fulton, and Warriors boxing partner Louis DeCubas. Morel and DeCubas talk about the June 4th card and a possible showdown with unbeaten former world super middleweight king David Benavidez, among other topics. I hope you enjoy the episode. We go live on Saturday night at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific time. A tremendous championship doubleheader. But before we get to live action, you will see the replay of Gervonta Davis's victory over Rolando Roli Romero. Then you will get our two fights. And following that, you will get the award-winning, all-access, behind-the-scenes look of Gervonta Davis and Rolando Romero, the epilogue episode. But our focus is the live action that will be coming your way from the Armory here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. At Showtime Championship Boxing, we are in our fourth week of championship boxing. We began in Southern California with Jermel Charlo's victory over Brian Castani, unifying the 154-pound division. Then we went down to Glendale, Arizona for David Benavides's victory over David Lemieux. Last week at Barclays Center for Gervonta Davis's W over Rolando Roli Romero in front of nearly 19,000 fans, breaking Barclays Center box office records. And now here in the Twin Cities at the Armory, one of my favorite venues for all of prize fighting. Let's get to the participants as our co-main event will feature David Morrell Jr. and Calvin Henderson. I will start off with the champion who is sitting to my left, David Morrell. 6-0, 5 wins coming by way of knockup. You're trained under the guidance of Ronnie Shields. This has been your home away from home. You defected from Cuba in 2018, and you got up here, and you have been fighting here professionally, specifically here in Minneapolis. What does Minneapolis mean to David Morrell Jr.? Bueno, David, eh, Minneapolis es tu segunda casa, ¿verdad? Que viniste desde Cuba en 2018, toda una travesía para llegar acá, y la gente de aquí te ha recibido con los brazos abiertos. ¿Qué es lo que hace esta ciudad tan especial para vos? Este, um, fue en 2019. Ah, bueno. 2019, y no, eh, bueno, que todo con la con la idea de, de Luis de Cuba Senior, que fue que tuvo la, la principal este idea de, de venir para acá tanto bueno como todo como para hacerme 
Partícipe de, de, de este estado y también para crecer en, en mayor parte mi, mi carrera deportiva. Uh, well, I actually came from Cuba in 2019, but you know I'm so happy that I was able to follow uh, the guidance of Louis the Cuba Senior uh, and being able to be embraced by this state that also allowed me to pursue my dreams and be at a higher level in my career as I, as I fight here. Every fight here becomes more meaningful and the support of the people here means absolutely everything to me. I'm glad David Morrell brought up the name of Louis DeCuba Sr. because for those of you who don't know, Louis DeCuba Sr. was one of the managers for one of the all-time greats, Roberto Duran. And the fact is, is Louis DeCuba Sr. is a legend in our sport. His son, Louis DeCuba Jr., is one of the best managers in the sport as well. But for Louis DeCuba Sr. to be investing in a young prize fighter, that just goes to show the level of excellence and what he thinks about this young fighter. Let's talk to his adversary, Calvin Henderson. Calvin, it didn't take you too long to say yes to this fight. Not many guys are lining up on the dotted line to fight this man. When they called you, immediately you took the fight. But what does this opportunity mean to you as you have a 15-1-1 record heading into your championship showdown on Saturday? Yeah, for sure, man. It's a huge opportunity, a huge uh, chance going here and trying to throw in the champ. I just want you guys to know that we ain't here just to say we're here for the experience or just to say we got an opportunity to fight for the world title. We're here to fight and we're here to win. Now, with that being said, do you believe that, do you use it as motivation that you're a massive underdog coming into that fight? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, actually, all the pressure is off of me. You know, everybody's faking to come in here and lose and lay down. So all the pressure's on the channel. We in his hometown uh, in America. Um, everybody's expecting him to do great things. So I just got to go in there and just show out and do what I do best. David, when he says that he believes that all the pressure is on you, pretty much saying that essentially he has nothing to lose and everything to gain, What is your response? Bueno, acá Henderson dice que toda la presión es tuya, que vos sos local, que vos tenés todo para perder, poco para ganar, y que él, él llega cómodo, y que, pero que no viene acá por la experiencia, viene a ganarte. ¿Qué, qué le decís a eso al respecto? No, eh, like, es bueno, eh, es bueno este, eh, escuchar que venga si no, con ese, con ese entusiasmo, lamentablemente se ve con, con una derrota a la casa. Pero eh, es, es bueno si damos un buen espectáculo a, a Pueblo de Minnesota, damos un buen espectáculo a Showtime y, 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 y es lo que estamos buscando ahora mismo. Pero creo que esa parte de que, de que vino a ganar, creo que no, no como que como que está de, de más en esa, en esa oración. I'm glad that he has the enthusiasm, I appreciate that, but it's a shame that he's going to go home with a loss. I'm, I'm happy that he's confident like that because we're going to put on a great show everyone at Showtime and at the Armory, but at the same time, when he says that he's going to come and win, I think that's something that is really not going to happen. It's superfluous in my mind. All right, we're going to get back to our co-main event. I want to address the champion, the men that are on the main event marquee here at the Armory on Saturday, Showtime Championship Boxing, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific Time, a unified Super Bantamweight Championship showdown. Steven, cool boy Steph Fulton, the WBC and WBO Super Bantamweight Champion of the World, 20-0. Eight wins coming by way of knockout from the rich boxing city of Philadelphia, PA. Since your victory over Brandon Figueroa in what was an absolute sensational matchup at the end of November on Thanksgiving weekend last year, how has your life changed 
not only socially, but also in terms of being approached by fans. I've seen you have prize fights. You can't go anywhere without not taking a photo and signing an autograph. Uh, thanks for having me today, alhamdulillah. Uh, it's been great. Everything's been going great. You know, I feel good. Uh, I, I appreciate it, and I worked hard to get I worked hard for those moments, you know, to be able to take pictures with my fans and such things. What was that victory like for you to pick up another world title? The one thing that you have stated throughout the course of your career is, I don't just want to win one title. I want to unify the division. The fact that you picked up another world title, what was the significance of that for you? Because you are a student of the game and the history of boxing. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, it, meant, it meant everything to me because, you know, like, like you stated, I've said, I've said that I wanted to do that. So when I became world champion in 2021, early 2021, and then unified at the end of the year, it was like, yo, that was an amazing feeling because I've, I've, I've been through some things leading up into that fight, not not just within my camp, but home, out, out at home, if that makes any sense. So it was a lot going on with me, but, you know, mentally I was there and I stuck through it and I just got through that fight, and, you know, now I'm unified, I'm here. Well, as we take a look at your opponent, Daniel Roman, Stephen Fulton talked about some obstacles he's had to overcome Mr. Roman, you have obstacles that you've dealt with over the course of your career. You lost your world title a couple of years ago. You were a unified champion. Now you are looking to get those belts back and once again reign supreme atop the 122-pound division. But how big of an opportunity is this for you, especially now as you're into your 30s? Oh, uh, this is uh, the biggest opportunity of my life. Uh, yes, I had obstacles too at the beginning of uh, 2020 when I lost the... Uh, the titles against MJ, uh, po boxing politics, you know. But, like, right now, the, um, the guy that's in front of me is uh, Stephen Fulton, so he, I'm worried about him. And, like you said, yes, this is the biggest opportunity of my life, and, you know, we're here to take advantage of it, not overlooking my opponent. So do you feel like there is that you have to really start off extremely strong because you have been off for about a year. Are you concerned about ring rust whatsoever? You're a volume puncher. You're very aggressive. Are you concerned at all about ring rust heading into this fight on Saturday? Well, it's been a year that I haven't fought, you know, but, like, uh, I'm not paying attention to that, you know. Uh, this opportunity doesn't come twice. So I know what I got to do to, to get that W. And, yes, you know, um, we got to start since the first round. Picking it up. Steven, you've never had the easiest road in your career. You fought four straight undefeated opponents prior to taking on Danny Roman, and Danny's a former unified super bantamweight champion. I believe there's a stat out there that said that you nearly almost half of your opponents have been either former world champions or undefeated. So, I mean, can you tell us about the tough road that you've taken? Because I feel like it's benefited you. I don't really have to say much. You said it all right there. But <laughs> not only four undefeated in a row, two world champions back-to-back -back in a row that didn't want to lose. So just as well as I know as he'll be bringing his law, those guys did too. So I've been through those already two times in a row. And if you want to count the other two undefeated, four times in a row. So this will be no, this will be the, no, no touch for me. I've, I've been tested early in my career for what's like myself. I fought it. I picked up. Danny, for you, do you like the fact if we can get him a mic to be able to rectify that? But do you like the fact that here's a guy from Philadelphia that is going to bring his best? And obviously, you can't just come into this fight not at your absolute peak because 
Both of you guys have fan-friendly styles. Do you like that possibility that it's not going to be hard to find this guy in the ring? No, I, I've been in his position before, you know. As a champion, you don't want to lose those belts because it costs a lot, especially when he's saying he's been through a lot. So I, I was a champion, a uh, unified champion too, so I know what it takes. And I, I know he's not going to try to lose those belts, and I'm going to go with everything I got, you know, to try to get them. Danny, what do you feel the difference is going to be in the fight against Stephen Fulton? Obviously, he had a tremendous battle against Brandon Figueroa at the end of November that I talked about. But where do you feel, like, not giving away your game plan, where you can be successful against Stephen Fulton? No, yeah, he just fought uh, his last opponent, uh, Figueroa, but uh, different fighters, you know, different styles. I mean, uh, this fight will be like a chess game where make it, whoever can make the right adjustments during the fight. According to our friends at CompuBox, Danny Roman, you throw over 70 punches around. Steven, for you, I'm sure that that excites you because one thing about knowing who you are as a prize fighter, you never back down from a challenge. I was about to say that. I always step up to the occasion. I always step up. I always show up. I never fold when I get to these, when I get to these stages. My whole life been like that. Earlier in my career, I've been like that. The fights that I've faced and took Early in my career, have been like that. I always step up when it's time to step up. I always live up to the moment. And right now, lately, I've been living through in the moment. I haven't been looking past nothing. I've been living for today. So when Saturday come, I'm going to live for it. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to enjoy defeating them. So, Danny, when he says he's going to enjoy defeating you, what's your response? I mean, look, he don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. So it's going to be a competitive fight. You know, I come here to win. He comes here to win, so you're going to have a fight that night. I want to ask you both the same question because you are in different stages of your careers at this very moment. I'll start off with the champion. Steven, what is it like that now people are hunting you, and you used to be the hunter, but now you're the hunted. What is it like being the one where people are trying to compete and say, I want Steven Fulton before you were the one calling out guys? It feels good to be in this position because... You know, I've, I've called him out when he had his titles and nobody, and they didn't look my direction. But then when he didn't have it, their titles, they looked in my direction because I had it. So you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, now I'm giving him the opportunity that he didn't give me. Wow. Danny, what do you want to say to that? <laughs> Sounds like fighting words to me. No, 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 man. We got to be respectful, you know. But yeah, yeah, you know, I was a champion. I had different plans. He did call me out. You know what? I'm here now. So let's do this fight. They always wait till it's too late, and that's the problem. Don't wait till it's too late. So do you think he's past his prime, Steven? I can, I can say he, this is his last chance. This is his last shot. But the thing with me is y'all seeing, uh, seeing how I, I fight in the inside. I can fight in the outside. I can fight any way I want. So determine on how I wake up feeling Saturday morning, going to determine that fight. I can do whatever I want. Danny, he mentioned I'm that. versatile, baby. I can do whatever I want. I don't have one style to me. And he know that. They, they, his whole camp know that. They, I feel like they pay attention too much to the social media. I post because I have to promote myself leading up into this. I'm fight, we fighting the same day can't both say any fight. You know what I'm saying? So, And they have bigger platform, bigger weight classes, more attention is on them. I have to do my job as an individual to promote myself as a black man first and foremost. So that's where, the, that's where the posting comes from, to promote. Here to win. I've always been here to win. So always. 
So that's Dan, what's gonna happen Saturday. Y'all ain't, ain't gonna be no different. It's it's three way. He he lost three times. You can't you can't take the, you can't take away his accomplishment. He's he's lost three times. Maybe one draw. It's four ways to get to him. There's no way to get to me yet. Nobody has figured that out. Danny. The champion, no doubt, no shy of giving his opinion when, when he says that there are multiple ways to beat you, Danny. When he says that this is your last opportunity at championship gold, what do you want to say to that? I mean, uh, everybody has a flaw. It doesn't matter. It's the first time for everything, everything, you know. So you can be confident all you want. We'll see that night what goes on. Champ, I feel like for you, heading into this unified Super Bantamweight Championship showdown on Showtime Championship Boxing, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific time, like you have as much of a chip on your shoulder now compared to that of when you were a contender, meaning I feel like you're hungrier now than what you were when you were coming up through the ranks. Is that a fair assessment? And that, that is. And a lot of that got to do, has to do with my last fight, how people was making me feel like I lost the fight that I clearly won. And, and you know that that has a lot to do with myself as well. But by even allowing outsiders or people that that can't even walk a mile in my shoe to even make me feel that way. But all that's going to change. I'm I'm more focused. I'm hungry, man. Listen, I'm just ready at this point. I'm ready. And they keep like it's going to be a good fight. Just be there. I, I'm gonna have fun in that ring. More than before I be serious, I'm gonna have fun and I'm gonna enjoy. It. I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna have a ball in that ring. I ain't even taking this. I didn't even take this fight that serious because I wanted to have fun with it for, first foremost. I feel like the, when I took it serious, I stopped having the love for the sport. When I went early in my career, when I was having fun with it, it's when I was taking my my risks, my chances, and everything. So that's what I'm back at doing. That's why I'm taking the risk. That's why I picked him and chose him. So Danny, in terms of he saying he chose you, he picked you. He claims that you are the one that avoided him. So as all this is being said, you know, as we're only two days away from fight time, what are you hoping to demonstrate against Stephen Fulton on Saturday night in front of the whole world on Showtime Championship Boxing? Like he said, you know, we're going to have fun. So expect that. Uh, expect a great fight. Keep giving his best. I'm giving, giving my best. And uh, just have fun. Well, I tell you what, if both of those guys are going to have fun, I'm going to have fun watching this fight because I cannot wait for Stephen Fulton and Danny Roman. I'm going to get back to the co-main event and address Calvin Henderson because David Morrell did bring up a very good point in the sense that he said, you have, you're coming to win, but there's no way, no how. I'm going to send you home with the loss. What do you want to say to the bold comments that David Morrell, the champion, said about you? Yeah, he's supposed to feel that way. He's a champ. You know, he's out here at 6-0, and 5 KOs, far Minnesota, two or three times. He's supposed to feel that way. And I feel the same way, too. So we're going to see Saturday night. There has been talk from David Morrell, and I'm going to address it with him in a few moments, but he has mentioned after this fight that he would love to put himself in position to take on David Benavides, who was successful back a few weeks ago against David Lemieux by way of a third-round TKO. With him saying that he wants David Benavides and he wants to take on the elite at 168, in your mind, is he overlooking you? No, not at all. I think he's taking this fight very serious, and he's training very serious for this fight. Like I said, so did I. Um, and in the past, I've also messed up my opponent's plans, future plans for fights after that, too. So that's what we plan to do Saturday, trying to change all those plans. David, you called out David Benavides, and not many guys are lining up to fight him. 
But why do you feel like you have the perfect recipe and the style to defeat David Benavides? Not looking past Calvin Henderson, but you know, why do you feel if you're successful that you are the perfect fit for David Benavides? Bueno, David, primero que nada, Henderson dice que sos el campeón y que entiende completamente por qué te sentís de la manera que te sentís sobre tu confianza para ganar, pero que él también está confiado en que va a arruinarte tus planes a futuro. La pregunta de Rey era, ¿qué te hace sentir a vos, qué te hace pensar que tu estilo se encaja perfectamente con el de Benavides para poder tener esa pelea sin subestimar ni ver más allá de Henderson? Uh, right now, like me and my, my team, my mains, my body, my everything, like I'm focused on uh, Henderson, like in fighting now, you know. Um, after, um, and in Benavides, pero like, uh, tengo este, como se dice, sé, sé que le puedo ganar a Benavides porque te, tengo simplemente lo que todos los que han peleado con él no tienen. ¿Me entiendes? Es el valor suficiente, tengo lo bien puesto para pelear con Benavides, that's it. Uh, I know I can fight against Benavides because I have the courage that's necessary to fight against someone like Benavides. I have the guts and I'm a champion and I know I can do it. Calvin, do you like the fact that you're going to be public enemy number one when you walk out because the Armory has, the Minneapolis loves this guy. Anytime he fights, they pack this place. It is a great fight town here in Minneapolis. The Armory is a perfect venue for prize fighting. But do you like the fact that um, they're not necessarily going to be lining up to sing your praises on Saturday night? Yeah, I ain't worried about it, man. It's not my first time doing this. And skill is travel. So, David, what are you hoping that this performance over Calvin Henderson does for you and your career? ¿Qué esperas que esta pelea contra Calvin Henderson haga para vos, para tu carrera y para tus prospectos? Este, <coughs> pa, pa, pa ser, um, por lo menos para, para mí, eh, es mi, mi primera vez aquí en, en, eh, en Showtime, so no, no estoy pensando simplemente en lo, que, en lo que vaya a significar esta carrera de Henderson, ¿no? Sino, esta pelea de Henderson, perdón. Sino la oportunidad que, que se me está dando y las puertas que se me están abriendo una vez más. Y de, bueno, saliendo primero yo vencedor en, en, en esta pelea, ya tengo, ya se me abren otras puertas a, a oponentes más grandes y bueno, a, a, nueva, a, a nu nuevos proyectos, nuevas cosas. It's all about doors opening for me on more than one way. First of all, this is my first time fighting on Showtime. I'm not about to take that for granted. And I know that if I perform very well on this stage, that doors are going to open for me with Showtime and, and with my career. And then obviously winning this fight is going to allow me to fulfill the, the projects and the, and the fights that I want to have later on in my, in my career and later on this year. Before I get to the rest of the fighters and get final thoughts and closing comments, I want to end the majority of the press conference with the champion, Stephen Fulton. Stephen, there's been a lot of overtures about you being in the top 10 pound-for-pound list. That is being talked about. People are saying, where's Stephen Fulton at? You know, there's been a, a lot of people clamoring for you to sort of be in that top 10 conversation. With you having the stellar 2021 that you had, What are you hoping to accomplish here in 2022? I'm looking forward to getting, getting, getting the job done Saturday, starting with that, and, you know, closing the year out with me, hopefully me and MJ can, you know, become, make that undisputed happen. So that's what you want in your next fight, assuming you're successful on Saturday. That's what I want, and I feel like, you know, a lot of guys say don't overlook your opponents. But had I not planned my career out, I wouldn't be here right now. I planned everything that I'm doing right now. 
I, I never overlooked. I always, I always deal with what's in front of me. But you have to have a plan in order to take that next step, and that's what I, that's what I have, and that's what's going to happen. So June fourth, we'll get past him. Then we'll look for it to become undisputed. I know you love being a Philadelphia fighter. You carry the city of brotherly love on your back, and I feel like Philadelphia boxing is certainly is in this era of a resurgence. With yourself, Danny Garcia is being talked about coming back. Boots Ennis is Boots Ennis. Let's be honest about that. You're the champion, though. What does it mean for you to be leading that charge once again of the resurgence of boxing from the city of brotherly love in Philadelphia? Uh, there's, there's no added pressure, so, but it means it, it means a lot to me. Yeah. I just take it in. I take it all in. Because at one point, I was looking up to guys like Danny Garcia, and I was you know, trying to get to where they at, and now I'm here. So I'm alhamdulillah to that. Danny, you are a very proud prize fighter. You're of Mexican descent. What does it mean for you when you walk out? I know you're very proud of your heritage and your culture to sort of represent the country of Mexico and all the Mexican fight fans around the world. What does it mean for you? It means everything, you know. Um, it's a step closer to making history like uh, the rest of the great Mexican fighters. So it, it means a lot. All right, I'm going to start off with Calvin Henderson and get final comments. Calvin, on Saturday night, in a perfect world against David Morrell, when you challenge for the WBA Super Middleweight Championship of the World, how is the fight going to unfold? Pain. Pain? Pain. David, he says he's going to give you pain. How's it going to go down on Saturday night? What is pain? Pain is dolor. Dolor, que te va a doler esta pelea. Maybe. <laughs> and what's your prediction on Saturday? ¿Y cuál es tu vaticinio para este sábado? Tu predicción para este sábado, tu vaticinio. Happy. Feliz. Oh, happy, feliz. He's gonna be happy. Like he's gonna, the moral like, is gonna be happy. Yeah, yo, yo, yo no, yo no. Every time, every time, like I, I feel happy, but no, um, no, 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 no tengo. No, no pido tiempo para usar, sin tener dolor, ni, ni, ni sé tampoco cosas eso. I don't, have I don't have time for pain. I'm just too happy right now. El que tiene que ver con revisar después que se acabe la, la pelea es él, no yo. The, the one that's going to have to be checked out and have like the medical check up after a fight is him, not me. He's predicting a medical checkup. Well, let's hope everyone gets home safe inside of their families. But that is our co-main event, David Morrell, and also Calvin Henderson. Danny Roman, will you once again claim championship gold? How is the fight going to transpire against Stephen Fulton on Showtime Championship Boxing from the Armory here in Minneapolis? Um, we're here to win, and we're going to win. Cool boy Steph from Philadelphia, PA, 20-0. You hold the WBC and the WBO Super Bantamweight Championship of the World. The floor is yours. How's it going down on Saturday night? It all depends on how I feel. You know, everything, it, I'm in control, now, and I'm aware of that. I'm in control, so however I feel like doing it, it's going to get done. But it's going to be a great fight. I'm looking forward to having fun. I feel good. My weight is good. I'm, I'm, I don't have a skeleton face up here. Y'all don't see it. Like, I feel great, so it's going to be a great fight. And, I'm, and that's what I'm looking forward to, having fun. Like he said, I'm happy right now. And I've been happy leading up to this fight. And I'm going to stay that way. 
Well, getting on the happy theme, you're going to be happy when you tune into Showtime Championship Boxing, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific time from the Armory here in Minneapolis. A round of applause for Stephen Fulton and Danny Roman. The Unified Bantamweight, Super Bantamweight Championship of the World. Also, David Morrell and Calvin Henderson. It's all being brought to you by Premier Boxing Champions, promoted by TGB Promotions, Warriors Boxing Promotions, and Kings Boxing Promotion. Tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, the weigh-in at 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific Time, on the Showtime Sports YouTube page, and then on Fight Night, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific Time, on Showtime Championship Boxing, this amazing doubleheader. Now we will pose off the fighters, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you tomorrow for the weigh-in, and then on Fight Night from the Armory here in Minneapolis, as Stephen Fulton defends his unified Super Bantamweight Championships of the World against the former unified champion, Danny Roman. And now we'll hear from David Morrell Jr. Yeah, I'm here with David Morrell Jr. Big fight coming up. How are you feeling now and how has training camp been going? No, the, the uh, training camp is good. Everything good, like the way good. Um, my body good, I feel good, so my mental, everything. Everything good. Uh, right now, like, I feel happy. I feel happy, yeah, yeah. I feel happy. I'm excited, man, for the fight. It's my first time in Showtime. Um, is um, like it's my opportunity the 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 the, the worst in me, you know. Um, I, I'm happy, I'm happy. I'm excited for the fight. Well, we're excited too. Absolutely. Every time you come to town, man, you fill up the armory, and it's it's uh, always a, a huge occasion for us. What uh, what has it been like training with Ronnie Shields in Houston, and how much time are you spending now in Minneapolis versus Houston? Are you going back and forth? Yeah, yeah, they go, uh -huh, like in a half and a half, um, six, six, five months in Minneapolis, if I'm in Houston, so, you know, like, and Minneapolis score, go Houston. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, like, the quality is, is, is no, 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 it's bad, but for me, it's bad, you know what I'm saying, like, the Chinese, the election, and everything, um, uh, uh, I think uh, I think it's better like in Houston for for, for now. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it great work working with Ronnie Shields? He's a yeah yeah great, yeah, great yeah, yeah working uh -huh, working with Ronnie Shields and Jack and like uh, Bob and my that is all my team. You know, saying um, everything uh, is um, is per is perfect combination. Yeah, but I think you can say like that. Describe us a little bit about working with Ronnie Shields. Oh, like yeah, it's different, man. It's different. It's it's it's. Uh, it's ne next level. Mm. I'm saying it's next level. It's different. Um, uh, Ronnie, uh, sorry, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Like, siempre está. He's a teacher and he's your friend at the same time. Yeah, te enseña la vez, te 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 mantiene, te 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 deja trabajar, te hace tú, te hace hace tus cosas. No, no está como que tratando de de quitarte o para o aplastarte. He lets you do your thing and then he adds to your arsenal based on what you feel comfortable with. He just wants to make you better. Absolutely. I have to ask you about Benavidez. It's clear that you know you've been calling him out. He's been calling you out and some other. He's also talking about maybe a fight against Caleb Plant or Jamal Charlo. Make the case for David Morrell. Why should he fight you next? And why is that a great? I think it'd be a great matchup for the fans, but what what are your thoughts on, on that fight? Bueno, Morrell ha buscado a Benavides. Benavides ha buscado a Morrell, pero 
Benavides también quiera planta charla. Eh, si fuese como un candidato presidencial, ¿por qué la gente debería votar por Morrell Benavides por sobre cualquier otra pelea? Porque sería una sería like perfect show. I think for him it might be less risky to fight one of those other guys. So. Dice que justamente va a ser más peligroso de los tres para él. Yeah, pero uh, but, uh, yo, 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 yo pienso ¿sabes? Que, que una de las cosas por las cuales cual él, él uh, este, eh, como que, eh, yo pienso que era como que terminar primero con lo con con, lo, con los pollitos para poder enfrentar al gallo. So. He wants, he wants to take care of the little chickens before he fights the big rooster. You know what I'm saying? But, but, no, but, like, siempre lo digo, like, my respect for Benavides, the team of Benavides, the father for everything. Like, lo sabes, lo tengo un gran aprecio. Es una buena persona, tuve el placer de conocerlo en persona, y una gran persona. So, la rivalidad solo es sobre el ring, pero hasta ahora, gracias a Dios, todo de hoy el ring ha sido una, 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 una buena relación. Let, let me make one thing clear: that I have gotten to meet David in person, and he's absolutely great. Uh, he and I get along really well outside the ring. The rivalry is just inside the ring. And then outside the ring, I think he's awesome and I have nothing but appreciation for him. Yeah, it would be two great champions going head to head. So that would be a, fa a fight that the fans would really want to see. But uh, what, are the, what do you think are the chances that that fight could happen and maybe even here in Minneapolis? ¿Qué tan, ¿Qué tan probable crees que sea que esta pelea contra Benavides suceda y que quizás esta sea aquí en Minneapolis? ¿Qué tan probable tengo? No, no. Like, ¿Un porcentaje? No, no, no. Ahora 50-50. 50-50. Sí, sí, sí. Él tiene sus cosas, tengo las mías. Vamos poco a poco, vamos por su esquina y vamos por la mía. Si se llega a un acuerdo, pues lo hacemos. Vamos a ir a Lanes, you know, we have our own projects. If they happen to cross over, if both lanes happen to cross over and we're able to make it happen, I'll be glad to. If not, then it's okay because we're both doing great in our respective in our respective projects. And and there are also other big names in that 168 pound division. I mentioned a couple. Uh, Charlo Plant. There's no no shortage of opportunities for you there, right? It's que más allá de Benavides no te no te van a faltar oportunidades de pelear contra oponentes de alto calibre. Mencionó a Plan, a Charlo, tres a otros también. ¿Qué qué te parece? Yeah, it's good. Yo solamente dije Benavides porque le estaba diciendo que nadie quería pelear con él. Solo por eso, no porque yo quiera like. Digo no, nadie quiere pelear conmigo. Yo me quedo así como como que no, si yo siempre he dicho. The only reason I went after Benavides specifically was because he was saying that nobody wants to fight against him, and I was like, okay, here I am. I want to fight against him. You know what I'm saying? Right on. Well, I hope we can make that. I hope we see that fight. I know you have to take take care of business first against uh, a pretty tough fighter here on Saturday night. So. Um, You know, what does it say about you that you're willing to take on a guy of this caliber um, instead of just holding out for a fight against one of the bigger names? ¿Qué, qué crees que dice de vos que estés dispuesto a pelear contra un rival de cuidado como Henderson cuando podrías quizás estar cómodo y esperar a Benavides y a Plant, pero elegís optar por un desafío? Es que yo siempre he dicho que no tengo un no por respuesta a ninguno. I never say no to anybody, that's the bottom line. 
Luego voy a decir. Y lo que sabe un hombre no tiene palabras. No tengo por qué retirarme lo que digo. I'm true to my word. I don't have a reason to back down from anybody. Right on. Well, thanks for your time, champ. Uh, good talking to you. Um, your, your English is improving a lot better than my Espanol, that's for sure. So, uh, God bless you and good luck. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And now we'll hear from Louis de Cubas. All right, here with Louis de Cubas at the press conference for the big fight coming up on June 4th. Uh, what are your thoughts on this card, Louis? A uh, couple of big fights there, including your guy, David Morell, in the co-main event. Uh, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this card coming up? Well, I, I think it's a great card. First thing, I want to thank, you know, Ned Abdul from the Armory for putting together another great show here, PBC and Showtime. I think it's, uh, it's a tremendous card. Uh, you know, Fulton had a great fight, his last fight. You know, it might be a fight of the year. This Roman kid just to be a former champ. He's a good fighter. You know, so I think it's got a making of a great fight. Both of them are not great punchers. It always turns out to be good fights like that, you know, good interesting fights. Uh, I, I, I also think that, uh, you know, Morrell keeps making a name for himself here. Uh, Henderson is, uh, is good, you know, it's a test. The guy's 15 and 1. Mm -hmm. he's, uh, he's a good fighter from Dallas, Texas. I've seen him fight. But I think Morrell's a special fighter, and I think, uh, you know, you shouldn't have much of a problem with him. That's what I feel. Yeah. Uh Certainly a big favorite, as well he should be. But I have to say, it's you know for him to take on a, a guy, a fighter of this caliber, Henderson's no soft touch. And uh, you know a lot of guys might just sit around and wait for a big name guy like Benavidez to come around. But what does it say about David that he's willing to go out there and just fight and do well, his thing? Ever since he got to the United States, just by him coming out to Minnesota, being a Cuban from from, from an island, you know warm temperature and coming out here he's got the three d's dedication driving desire and uh, you know he's, he's fought the best in the world already you know he went to russia and he beat everybody there ukraine the russian american the german and he was the best fighter in the tournament the guy knows how to win you know throughout boxing history all great amateurs have been great great champions you know mm -hmm. ray leonard you know they've all been great 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 champions so this kid's probably one of the greatest amateurs that ever come out of cuba the best fighter i had all the cubans uh, Casa Mayor, Gamboa, Lara, Rigandau, and this kid's the best I've ever seen. So wow. I got a big expectation for, for him, and I and I and I think the kid's uh, he's, 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 he's like I always said when I saw him. He's a Carlos Manzon type fighter, you know. It's a guy mm. born every twenty years. That's some pretty pretty good company. You just put him in there. Um, what? Uh, how do you think he would match up with a guy like David Benavidez? Uh, he's, well, everybody's afraid of Benavidez. Even Canelo didn't want to take him on. He's the boogeyman of the division. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely, a, you know, it's not an easy fight. The guy's a good puncher with both hands, got quick hands. But, you know, we've seen a lot of things that he does wrong, and he's never fought a guy as big as him or bigger than him. This guy's bigger than him. He punches harder than him, okay, and he's got better feet than him. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, it's a good challenge, but if we're talking, he's the best fighter to ever come out of Cuba. We got to fight guys like that and prove it. You know, there really yeah. ain't much other fights we can fight. I mean, no, Benavides, Plant don't want to fight him. Charlo don't want to fight him. Mm. So, you know, for us, it's, you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's the kind of name we got to take 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 that opportunity. You know, he's got to take an opportunity like that. What are the chances that a fight like that can be put together? I mean, they're both PVC guys, right? Um, well, according to Samson Local, which is promoter, he's ready to do it. So uh, yeah. all it takes is for my son, Mr. L. Heyman, to say, let's do it. I'm ready to go. And if he's ready to go, I think you'll be seeing something in November. 
That'd be awesome. Is there a chance it could happen here? It could very be. There's always a chance in boxing. You never know. Uh, you know, Neb's doing a great job with BBC, and and uh, they're doing a nice, definitely nicest boxing stadium in the country. So mm-hmm. you never know. It could happen. Whether it's here in Arizona or Benavides is from, man, I'm sure it'll be, that would be a great fight to see. I'm keeping yeah. my fingers crossed. Not to look past this guy. No, we're He's not got, looking you know, past this guy at all. This guy, you know, we worry about this guy first, okay, yeah. and everything works out fine. Then, you know, the Benavides wants it, we want it, so we're going to make it happen. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it looks like that's the fight to make now that, uh, you know, Canelo is looking at the, the the tr- trilogy match with Triple G and Bivol later. Bivol later, yeah. So yeah, it's a big mistake Canelo made. You know, he had a great opportunity to fight Charlo and maybe Spence instead of. He didn't want to fight Benavides. That was the big problem. But I know he was offered uh, first Charlo, then Spence at 164 pounds. You know, and he got offered 50 million for each fight. And uh, for him to fight a guy like Bivol, they must have really been drinking Eddie Hearn's Kool Aid. You know, because <laughs> the guy was—I saw it. I called it before the fight. It's 175, full fledge, great boxer, the worst style for him. He could have hit Charlo. He could have hit Spence. And wherever he hits, right's going good night. So that was a big mistake. Now they're going to have to go fight Triple G, which I don't see much of a problem. He's 40 years old. Yeah. And then I don't think he ever fight Bivol again. He's just talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was it. That was uh, he. He chewed off a lot when he stepped up there to fight Bivol. No question about that. But um, what you know, David? I know he's training down in Houston now, and it sounds like he's spending a lot of time down there. But what? What? What do you? It sounds. It sounds like Minnesota is still a really a special place for him. Well, this uh, is home. You, he's buying a home here. He. Yeah. This is hometown. You know, uh, we decided to take him to Ronnie Shields. I've known Ronnie for 35 years, one of the greatest trainers that ever lived. Yeah. You know, he's got Jack as a conditioner, the same guy that trained Andrew Ward, conditioned Andrew Ward, Bob Santos. You know, he's got a dream team, you know, so uh, he couldn't be in a better place. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Shankara and, and uh, they did a great job. Adonis, they did a great job with him, mm-hmm. you know, bringing him, you know, t- to that to that point. But in boxing, there's levels, and I think that uh, it was time for a move. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, it sounds like it's, it looks like it's working out really well so far, and I look forward to watching this young man. Uh, his, uh, he's got a, a great future ahead of him. So uh, any other final thoughts, Louie? No, I'm just ha- happy to be back in my hometown. Minneapolis my hometown. Yeah. That's the reason I knew they're great sports fans tonight. And this kid's going to be here for a long time, and you guys are going to be used to seeing one of the great ones. Absolutely. We're, we're lucky to have him around here. Are you going to stop in and say hi to Tony Oliva or any of your other old friends? Here? 100%. Tony, I believe, is coming to the fight. I'm going to call nice. him today. Nice. And, uh, you know, and I, uh, you know, one of my great friends. I've known him since I was nine years old. He was my hero growing up oh, yeah. in Little League Baseball. I wore his number six oh, my on my God. uniform. So I love Tony O. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. Great, great guy. Yeah. Him and Soilo Versailles is always close to all of them. Soilo, uh, Sandy Baldospino, yeah. you know, Camille Pasquale. You know, uh, I know Leo Cardenas, I knew, you know, because yeah. my grandfather was, a, 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 you know, he was a professional baseball player, too, and he coached them in Cuba, so yeah. I knew a lot of these guys. They had that Cuban connection back in the day. Yeah, because of the Washington Senators in Cambria. Yeah. They used to yeah. scout all the Cuban players, and then when they moved to Minnesota, they, you know, they had them here. <laughs> I think they have another Cuban guy on their team now, Cano. I think he's from Cuba, but, uh, you know. Correa's from, that, he's, you guys got him from Puerto Rico, right? Correa, yeah. He's, but they got another Cuban kid, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think cool. his name is Cano. He's a pitcher. Just They just brought him up. He's just a young young guy. But, yeah, um, super. 
Good to see that tradition continuing. Yeah. And uh, uh, did you ever meet Killebrew? I met all those guys when yeah. I was younger. I was very close to D. Chance. Oh, really? He was the president of the IBA, so yeah. I mean, he would, I would travel with him all over the place. He was one of my best buddies. Yeah, he had a lot of great stories. I tell you that. Yeah, God, God rest his soul. He was a good, he good, was a good man, man great friend of mine. You know, yeah. I uh, talked to him every day. You know, he was involved in club boxing and yeah. president of the IBA. Casimir held his title. And he was very close to me. Very yeah. close. Great yeah. guy. I know you. I know you uh, managed Duran too. Uh, of course, yeah. we talked about that before. You still stay in touch with him at all? Yeah, I stay in touch with him. I've been to uh, Panama a few times and nice. stay in touch with him. He's seventy now. He's uh, wow. he's uh, you know still uh, as crazy he's always been. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, I've got too old for him. He's nuts. I'd love to hang out with him, but he's a, he act, he still acts like he's a young guy. Does he? <laughs> yeah, it's craziness. Well, good for him. Hey, nice talking to you, Louis. Nice talking God to bless you. you. Thank you. All right. And now we'll hear from the unified super bantamweight champion of the world, Stephen Fulton Jr. of Philadelphia. Um, first of all, welcome to Minneapolis. It's an honor to have you here. Uh, what uh, I don't know. What, when did you get into town? How much time have you spent here so far? My first my first time here was yesterday. I landed yesterday. Okay. So what what are your impressions so far of the town and the people and the, and the fight fans? It's very quiet and nice out here so far of, of, of my observance. But the gym, I like the gym. They showed me a lot of love yesterday. I was going to ask you about that. I saw uh, Jamal James posted something on social media that you were at the Circle of Discipline. Yes. Their great facility there. And it looks like you got to meet some young fighters. And yeah. What was that experience like? Do you enjoy sort of mingling with the young fans yeah I, I i enjoy being around the youth i like the youth a lot like because when i was those that age nobody did them those type things for us so you know it's always good to come back give a word or just be around the, the atmosphere of the young kids that's that's looking up to you or that want to be in your position later on in life so i appreciate them and they actually while i was you know doing my run came around the treadmill and created a circle screaming let's go champ clap and so that was that meant a lot to me because nobody never did that for me Nice, nice. Did you have a connection with Jamal or anyone else at the COD? Um, how did you, how did you come about uh, getting there? I believe uh, Lou the Cuban, my trainer, set that up. Okay, okay. We talked about how you come from the great fighting town of Philadelphia and all the great fighters. I used to watch, you know, Bernard Hopkins, Smoking Joe Frazier, Matthew Saad Muhammad was one of my favorites. Were there any particular fighters that you looked up to as a young man growing up there in Philly? No, but I started out at the age of 12. You know, I was around all women, my mom, my sisters. So I started out at the age of 12, so I really didn't know much about the sport to look up to any of those guys. When I got in there, I just was focusing on the amateurs and having fun in myself. And what can you talk a little bit about your amateur career and uh, what what were some of the highlights there? How many fights did you have? I think I had like around 90 fights, 88, 90 fights. One ringside, one a national silver glove, one a uh, junior golden gloves, one a national golden gloves. Uh, it was two and one in the WSB. That's the World Series boxing. Uh, ranked number two in the USC team. So you know, I, I had I had a great amateur you know career. Most people will say. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and of course, as a pro, you're unbeaten. Um, I was looking on BoxRec. I think your last four opponents have a combined record of like 73 wins and one draw or something like that. Yeah. And now you're fighting a former unified champion. Um, how do you feel, Danny? 
uh, stacks up against some of the other guys you faced? Uh, he, he, he stacks up well. You know, he's he's definitely top three for sure. So yeah, you got to give him that that credit. I mean, he worked his way here just as well as I did. Awesome. I'm sure it'll be a great fight. Do you have any just final thoughts on what are your long-term plans in the sport? Do you see yourself winning titles and multiple weight divisions? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 126 will be next. Yeah? Yeah. You think you'll be going there anytime soon? You're going to stick around? Probably by, by next year for sure. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that. Thanks a lot for your time, champ. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you.